welcome to the Stress Reduced Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Arco. Alongside me, you'll hear from Sarah Fennell, Ken Sylvan, and Barat Ozan. Each episode, you will have a combination of us sharing our 70 plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to help expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome back to the Stress Reduced Fat Loss Podcast. I'm Joe Arco with my co-host Sarah Fennell. And today I am so super excited to be talking about the six frameworks that you should be using in your coaching business right now. And if you aren't, you are missing out. Not only on great results, better referrals, happier clients, but just a better business. So I am pumped and excited to be going through these today with you, Sarah, and helping some people better their business. Yes. I mean, the coaching industry is exploding um, and there's so many different varieties of coaches. And our role here at the Transformation Mentorship is to make really good coaches from a results perspective and from how you coach and the frameworks that you have within your business. Um, Because if you don't have good frameworks, you probably aren't getting great results with clients. And like what you said there, leads don't come in, referrals. And really, it's, it's a good business strategy if you understand these concepts. The framework is kind of like looking at the foundation of your house, right? If it's not built on good foundation, the more things you pile on top of it, eventually it's going to implode. So really ensuring that you have these frameworks in your business and constantly evolving them, mastering them, finding new strategies within them. But these frameworks will really ensure the fact that you're covering, in my opinion, like all your bases. You know, you're, you're really making sure that the client is getting the best possible, what we call, journey. Yes. Um, and, and I love that we talk about this because there are so many um, ways to, to become a really good trainer, to become a really good nutritionist and the, the knowledge that you learn to help someone. But if you don't have good frameworks around everything else, it, and I just find like, like some of that training has been missing around like really becoming a good coach and what's involved in it. How about we simplify things for a second? How about we talk about what is the role of this coach? Like, what is your responsibility and what should you be doing? And I look at this as kind of like, you're there to do five things. So a client comes to you, and for purposes of just this conversation, let's just call all coaches um, mountain climbing instructors. Your, your your, Your goal is to try to help someone up a mountain they've never climbed before. You're the guide, the tour guide with the experience, the tools, the harnesses, the person above dropping down the rope, helping them up. And the better of a guide you are, obviously, the better the journey the client is going to experience. And if you think about it, I want to simplify If you're a coach right now, your job is just five things. And step number one is just figuring out auditing where your client is. It's kind of like turning on your GPS. So let's say um, I wanted to pick you up, Sarah, and drive you somewhere. And you're like, hey, I'm in Milton. I'm like, I don't know where that is. Or I do, but whereabouts Um, as as compared to like your specific address. So step one is like finding out exactly where somebody is. Step number two is figuring out where they want to go. Very, very simple. Here's where I am now. Here's where I want to go. Step number three, figure out why they're stuck. It seems obvious, but a lot of people don't do this. They just, oh, here's where you are now. Here's where you want to go. Here's step number four, the map or the plan, but they haven't figured out what's keeping them stuck. Someone's got a flat tire and you keep driving on that flat tire. They're not going to be able to follow that map or that plan very effectively. 
Um, so once you have the audit, you set targets, figure out why they're stuck, you create a plan and a map for them to follow, then your fifth role is just to be their guide as they play the game or as they climb. That's it. Audit your clients, set targets, figure out why they're stuck, give them a kick-ass map, and be an awesome tour guide. Help them along the way. That's essentially why people pay coaches. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And now within that, what we do is we create, we've created like six frameworks for the business. So how to make this uh, easy to follow. Um, and if you follow these six frameworks, uh, continue adding to that toolbox, your client will have the best journey possible up that hill. Yes. And as we go through this as well, it, they're really good, we'll say selling features or marketing features for how you're actually going to help someone because it, it explains how you're going to get them up that mountain. When you explain to a potential client your six frameworks and exactly what they're going to get, it's nearly impossible unless they are the wrong avatar or you just clash in terms of beliefs and values to sell that person on the journey. Because I'm like, look, if someone's like, hey, I want to climb a mountain. I've never climbed before. I'm like, "Uh, I want to climb Mount Everest. I might get a good tour guide going, have you ever climbed a small mountain? No. So let's assess what you have climbed before. I've never climbed in my life. Okay, here's a plan or a map for you to follow. See this little bunny hill right here? Let's climb that. We're going to start from the bottom and get to the top. Here's the resources you need. Let's start with, uh, you know, a harness, some rope, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Let's book an appointment next week. I'll keep you accountable. Show up here next Saturday. I'll take you up. You show up to the mountain. There he is enthusiastically with some rope in hand, coaching you and helping you up there. Uh, And then the last thing is finding other people just like you, and then you can keep practicing going up that mountain. Mm -hmm. Um, And and these are going to be the frameworks that we look at. Yes. Yeah. You just explained that in such a wonderful like (laughs) metaphor that I think everyone can understand like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. So yeah. yeah. So you just gave away all those six, but I love it because you weave weave (laughs) them into such a beautiful uh, story there. So our first coaching framework is do you want to talk? Do you want to list them all like very? Let's do them first. Yeah. So okay. And then we'll we'll dive into them. Do you want to list them or do you want me to list them? Yeah, I'll list them. Okay. okay. So, if, so if you're listening, don't stop. Just pause for a second. Write these down. Put them in your notepad. Put them in your phone. Write them for like write them down for for you to take a look at later to fill in some more information. Yes. And as I list these off, you're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, like of course, of course. But we want to ch- chat about each of them, giving you help in order to make each of these even better in your business. And so the first one is assessment. Second one is plan, resources, accountability. The fifth is coaching. And the sixth is community. Okay, so let's run those off one more time. So one, assessing, two, the plan, three, resources, four, accountability, five, coaching, and then six, community. Mm -hmm. This is going to be fun. Yes, yes. So... (laughs) The assessment phase, um, mm-hmm. the the most important phase, I would say, because it's hard to do any of the other ones unless we know <laughs> what we're working with. Um, I mean, there are a lot of cookie cutter programs out there that just provide a program without assessment. Uh, but but in my opinion, if you're not assessing, you're guessing. And this is something that I've been using for 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 decades. You know, and, and back in the training days, even like if you want to assess someone and they want to squat, we should assess their movement first. If you want to assess their nutrition and, and give a plan, we should assess where they are now, what they're currently doing. And, and to me, the assessing and then the more deeper the assessment and the more things you can cover, the more insight you're going to get 
on their current situation, their past situation, and some intel in terms of what's keeping them stuck. Uh, and the world of assessing, I mean, oh my, like we can get so detailed from live blood cell analysis to just a food log. Those are both assessing. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, and so when it comes to like, personally, I like to think of this as what's the least amount of assessing I can do for the most amount of information for me to keep moving forward. Yes. I also look at assessment one layer deeper than that of how can I collect data points that I'm able to track moving forward so that both mm. myself and the client can be seeing that progress? Because without that initial data. The assessment should also be looked at as just one thing, you know, the initial intake or the assessment and that's it. To me, there's, there's, there's levels of assessing too. So there's like, for example, if you do a pre-qualifying, you're assessing. Uh, every time you have a conversation, you're assessing. Every time uh, you're moving forward, uh, you're assessing. So assessing is, is almost like you got a football team and you're about to you know start the play and you call an audible. You're assessing the situation where, hey, maybe this is not the right thing to do. So assessing is something you should be learning to do all the time. And assessing is, is just gathering intel, right? So the more information you can get, the easier it's going to be to move to step number two, which is the plan. Mm-hmm. Now, with the transformation mentorship, we have so many forms of assessing and there's different levels. You know, we have an initial intake, which is so long, but we're assessing weight, energy, digestion, movement, mood, sleep, stress, lifestyle, a lot of stuff, right? Uh, each week we do some grading, we do some assessing, we're, we're getting feedback from them. That's another form of assessing. When you're asking someone, hey, how was your day in your week? That's a form of assessing. You're assessing the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, the more curious you get about assessing and looking at your communication with your clients as Am I assessing? Am I gathering the information I need? And then from my, from my perspective, I'm lo- I look at assessing as I need to know exactly where you are right now so I can plan and build a map for you to move forward. Yes. Can you overassess? I think you need to be clear on what you're looking for, right? <laughs> do so, you want me to elaborate on that or do you? I, yeah, I yeah, please, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Jump in yeah. there. Well, it's people, if someone's coming to you for a problem and so you want to make sure that you're really assessing that problem that they're that 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 they have, but looking at it from multiple different perspectives with the wheelhouse that you have in order to help them. If things come out in that assessment that you can't help them with, then that that's a whole different conversation. Now, here's what I will say about assessment because uh, a good friend of mine, Andy, and I went through this last summer. Assessing for some people could be one of the hardest parts of their process. And here's what we found kind of the hard way last year, as, as, as coaches going through our own programming, assessing will unveil the mirror to a lot of people that they've never seen before. And you don't know what you don't know. And there's a lot of things when you start assessing that could really trigger a lot of people. Um, so, so one is, is, is to me making sure there are appropriate assessments. And also because there is so many things to assess, I'd recommend um, breaking out your assessments like week by week and targeting small things at a time. Hence why in the transformation mentorship, we break our assessment process, our initial one over the course of three weeks. And so, and here's why, uh, give me a, give me, give me a client's name. Client's name. First thing that, give me a Sally. <laughs> Sally comes in. Sally hasn't trained for, let's say 10 years. She's pretty self-conscious about herself. She does have a lot of experience. And 
within the first 24 hours of seeing you, you ask her to do a time audit, a sleep audit, a nutrition audit, a 14 page audit, and all these things just keep telling her how awful she is. And she just feels worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And, worse. and so sometimes it's, 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 it's more appropriate to figure, again, what's the minimum you need to move that client forward? And then as you get more information, you can layer more assessments. I see a big mistake with people doing too many assessments all at once. Yes. And then the client gets very overwhelmed. And it's like, I barely met you. You're taking pictures of me half naked. You got measurements all over me. And you're like, there's just so many things coming at you. And then they don't know where to start. And so I would recommend trying to break up that assessment or at least categorize your assessments. Which ones do we need to do this week or next week or next month? And not only that, but as your clients present you different problems, you might have to adjust your assessment. Mm -hmm. Right. So I might not do a time audit, which is a form of assessment in the first one or two, three weeks of a client until they start telling me that all these changes, they have no time for stuff. Or if time is a big issue coming in, I might start with that first before giving them a plan. Right. So I also can look at assessments as tools in your toolbox. You have to throw them all out at once, but get good on using them on yourself. Try them out with different clients. See which assessments really give you the best bang for your buck and which ones you really need. The other thing, the last thing for assessments is make sure if you're solving a problem for someone, you have an assessment for it. Yes. I work. So here's a common one. I like to work. Um, I, I like to help reduce stress with my clients. I'm like, well, how are you assessing? How do they know if they're improving that? You know, or like, there's a lot of things that you might deliver to your clients that A, you might not be qualified to do. You might not be sure how to do it. And so I find assessing is the best way to make sure that A, the protocols you're using, you can see, are they working? Are they not? Yes. Um, yeah, so just a few more points on the assess assessment. Yeah. Even uh, last point too, with having a longer assessment period, easing the client into mm. things, it allows you as a coach to also ease small habits in that process yeah. as well. And so you're not, you know, dumping an assessment phase and then dumping a, a plan or an action plan or whatever, you know, into yeah. them. And you're able to, guide the client a little, uh, a little lighter. Um, mm -hmm. and so everything is more sustainable. Yeah. And, and hence why like I said in our course, like for the first three weeks we're auditing, but within each of those weeks, we're actually making some massive in terms of outcome changes for the client, but they're small habit shifts for them. You know, mastering water, mastering their breathing, mastering chewing, understanding some inflammatory foods, things like that. So we're not asking them to make so many changes right away, but we're also not just sitting back and just gathering information, gathering information. Mm -hmm. So you can use these assessment phases to slowly get habits to change. So as you're gathering some information, you're also providing one or two changes for that client to make. For most people, a new diet plan, lifestyle management, workouts, supplements, it's a list of like 50 different things they need to do in a given week. And it can be very, very overwhelming. Yes, yes. Hello fellow health junkie, Sarah here. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to jump in and let you know about a free resource that we've created for you. We wanna give you the number one protocol that all result-driven holistic coaches and practitioners give to get insane results with their clients. Results like easing digestive issues, increased physical and mental energy, accelerated weight loss, reduced inflammation weight, clearer, brighter skin, and a better sense of well-being. Go to www.transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. Let us know your name and email address, and we'll send you a detailed manual explaining this protocol, 
how to coach your clients through this phase, food replacement lists, and client tools and resources so that you can get an action right away. Transformationmentorship.ca forward slash start. I've also left you a link in our show notes. Let's get back to the episode. All right. Okay. The plan. The plan, the map, the plan. How are we doing all of this? Well, let's just talk about the map and the plan here. So what I'm looking for, so so I pick you up at your location, like, hey, I want to drive to Montreal. Well, there's many ways for us to get there, including even out of our own driveway. We can go left or right and still get to Montreal, right? So to me, building that map or that plan for the client is now just basically taking the A to B and building the bridge. So here's where you are, A. Here's where you want to be, B. Based on my experience, here's the fastest way to get there. And I mean, maps can be as, I mean, if you look at the industry, some maps are as basic as like a pirate ship map where, you know, it's just a piece of paper. These are the trainers making stuff up as they go along. You know what I mean? On, on a napkin for their client. And it, it, I call that the pirate ship map. X the marks pirate. the spot here. Here you go. Just follow along the dotted line and you get there. And then we have other maps and plans that look like, you know, your, your uh, like, you know, Google maps navigation telling you when to turn left, when to turn right. Oh my God, traffic ahead detour this way. And so the better of a coach you are, the more detailed, specific the map can be, and the better you are at navigating that map and not just sticking to the map 100%. Yes. Yeah. What are the benefits for the client of like really seeing that, that journey, we'll call it, or that map? That's a great question. I like that question. How many people like to just walk blindly? (laughs) You know, and, and not knowing what's happening the next day, the day after, the week after, the week after. And I, I, I fall prey to this, especially a long time ago. And as trainers, like we can, we can almost close our eyes and imagine the entire year journey of a client. Because we know all the things that we, we, we can do and implement and change in the programming, but the client has no clue. So for, to, for, for me, it's the no like trust, like getting back to that, you know, just trusting the process and being able to see things overall. It shows that you are like, you have a plan. Like when you show someone like, hey, here's, here's how we're going to get there. Someone's like, wow. They're no longer just buying in for the sessions. They're buying the map too. They're buying, they're, they're buying the journey, but also the certainty that you presented that journey to them. Yes. Uh, and I think that like, that's what I, I think the showcasing that um, and having those even in your sales console, which is a whole other different conversation to me is, is so tremendously important. And it's not that you have to show them every step of the way of the map, you know, but just say, Hey, over the first three weeks, this is what we're going to do over the next two months. Here's what we're going to do. And then we're going to transition to this phase or this phase, or here's when we audit, here's where we're going to make changes to our program. They're, they're not looking to see exactly what their macro count is going to be 17 weeks from now. Right. But, but just that you have a plan that's precise for them, customized to them, and there's certainty that they're going to get to point B in the fastest and funnest way. Yes. It also helps them see the the comprehensive approach of the entire journey. Like it's not, hey, here's your meal plan, run and do this. But it's like, here are the checkpoints, here's what's going to be happening, um, here, are the, here are the changes, uh, and, and the different things, especially as a holistic transformation coach, there's many different aspects that go into it from lifestyle to nutrition to training to movement and allowing that client to, to see what that journey is going to look like. 
I think there's there's two really big components I want to talk about when creating the map. One is just the specific, like the, how specific and how customized and how good, just, just how good the map is. The second thing is how is it presenting to your client, right? So also, also understand there's many ways of getting this map or this plan to a client. So for example, if you're providing workout plans, is that on an Excel spreadsheet? Is it through an app? Is there videos? Um, you know, if it's a nutrition plan, is it again on an app, Excel spreadsheet? Is it a Word document? So how you're presenting it is also very important to match how the client wants to receive it. Um, now there's two things to that. Maybe it's like I only want clients receiving my plan the way it's set up, or you can have a couple different ways. And I know some prep coaches that they work with some competitors and they're old school. They just love the Excel spreadsheet, the Microsoft Word document, that's it. They just want to print something off, bring it to the gym. So you provide that. Some people might go, I, I need something to follow step-by-step, day-by-day, and you put everything into an app for them to follow as well. So figuring out how you want to present the map and the plan is also equally important as to what goes into that map. Yes. Yeah. And, and to have a system and explain that system to a client, like what you'd said earlier, like it, it creates more confidence. Um, and that also creates boundaries as well. And I feel like this conversation could yeah. dig deeper, um, but it, it creates boundaries within the business of like, Hey, here's how my journeys work. There's specificities in there, but like mm-hmm. from a framework perspective, here's how this is going to work. Yeah. And then to basically supplement and to, to help this map in this plan is where we get into now step three is the resources to complement the map and the plan. Mm-hmm. And so what are some examples of resources that some clients might need as opposed to just their map and their plan to follow? Yeah. So, I mean, the map and the plan is really that action. Like, how are we going to get the results? Now, in between that journey, you might want to teach your clients. So maybe you might want to send them some articles that maybe you've written, um, some videos, uh, auxiliary stuff that's going to help their journey to help them understand it more or to bring things in their life to make it a lot easier. Uh, So yeah, videos, resources, downloads, uh, just auxiliary stuff that's going to help them. And this could be as simple as providing a YouTube link, you Mm -hmm. doing your own video. Uh, Let's say someone's like, hey, I really can't sleep at night and you want to give them a cool meditation track at night and they need that resource. You can take that, put that into into the map and then send them a link for that. Let's say they want to know more about why sleep is so important. Maybe you do an email out to them. Maybe you do a little video and put that as part of your membership section or whatever it may be. But the resources should be the things that they're going to need along the way to make the journey easier. Yes. Also to help them like really integrate it. And I believe knowledge has a lot of power. Let's say you recommend a supplement or you recommend a certain like sleep protocol. Well, why are you recommending that? Like, is there some background information to help them understand the purpose of it? And when you create these resources, it's one time you create it and it's such value for every single one of your clients as well. And so you're not repeating things. It actually helps break down, um, bring down questions that clients might have as well. And it will save you time. A very easy thing to do is every week ask your, just send an email to all your clients. What questions do you have? What questions do you have? What questions do you have? What would you like to know to help your journey be smoother and better? Compile all these questions and do a video answering all these questions. Do a little section on your site, maybe for all your members to come and see. Um, there's a lot of like simple, easy way. But like you said, Sarah, it's not just here's the map, go follow it. But that supporting other the supporting resources, the evidence or the the how tos, the little tips, t- tidbits, things like that. Those go a long way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, one thing I want to add is over resourcing. Mm. 
Welcome to the simplest way of gaining uh, gaining back your health. Read this 185-page manual on the science of one specific thing that they just don't care about at all, right? So when it comes to resources, here's what you need to know in a quick, efficient manner. Because yeah. I think, in for, I, mean, I, um, I agree with you that knowledge is power. Usable knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And we live in an inform- information is not hard to find. That's not the problem anymore. It's cutting through the information to make it applicable for me without drowning in the information. Yeah. So when you're thinking about providing resources to your clients, think what's the quickest and simplest way to give them this information? Because trust me, they don't have an extra 45 minutes to an hour a day just to, quickly for, for, to put things together. That's your job. So try to make them quick, easy, um, you know, if they're manuals, if they're, they're video resources, things like that, they don't want to listen, you know, watch a 60 minute video just on a quick tip on how to improve something, right? Mm-hmm. So keep them quick. I, I'd rather smaller bits of information more frequently than a ton of information just here and there. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, step number four is accountability. And, and I know like this, this is a big one. I know a lot of trainers, like coaches rely on gaining clients because of the accountability. Yes. You just said you were in information overload. People can look up, you know, how to, how to fix digestive problems, how to lose weight, how to do this. You can, you can find a map and a plan almost anywhere, but who's going to hold you accountable to that, to actually get that done. And, and this part is, is so key. I think every person struggles with this. Oh, definitely. You know, because because I mean, if it's not your, if you're not accountable to someone else, you're accountable to yourself. And then when the voices come in our head, I'll do it later. I'll do this, and we sabotage ourselves. But having someone else to be accountable to, especially a coach guiding you, to me, that's the most powerful thing. So creating a really good accountability structure with your clients, to me, is what's going to keep your clients the longer. And here's the magic. If your clients rely on the accountability to you, you won't be replaced. If it's just a plan and a map that you're, you're offering them, without that connection, that personal connection, to me, that accountability is where you get personal, is where, um, you know, if it wasn't for you, they wouldn't be doing this. And so to create a strong accountability structure and framework in your business, to me, helps keeps clients long. And essentially, I mean, and most are like, oh, I, you want to you want to stay with your clients long term, like you really do, and you want to be there to guide them. And when I, in one way of looking at accountability too is even if you're selling a, a six week program, in your heart you probably know that person needs more help after six weeks. And if you start looking at your business almost like a season in sports, not just six weeks at a time, but an entire season, they may have the plan, the map to follow, but there's I can guarantee you that client still needs accountability for them. They still need some guidance from you, some support. And so structuring and being very open from day one, like this is how I'm going to keep you accountable. This is how we're going to do it. And even asking them, how would you like to be kept accountable? That is such an important question. Because if someone doesn't have time for Zoom calls, but they just want a quick check-in once or once every two or three days, don't sell them on how you know the, the weekly Zoom calls that you have for accountability. Right. So understand the client, ask them, like, here's ways that I want to keep you accountable, questions that I want to keep you accountable to. Uh, how would you also like to be accountable? And what things would you like to be accountable to? And that could change every single week. But opening up that question to accountability, because even, even though I asked, I asked you right now, Sarah, what are what's one or two things that I can keep you accountable for 
over the next week. Yeah. And so just, just rhyme something off. Like what's yeah. the name one thing I can keep, I can help you keep accountable to for the next week. Um, getting the proper amount of water into me that I need to each day. Now, if I didn't ask you that question, you might not ask me to, for that, but it's a big yeah. thing for you. And tomorrow morning I send you a little, and I can, I can pre-automate this too in the app and you get a little ding saying, Hey Sarah, how's the water intake going? Two days later, Hey, almost the end of the week. How's that water intake going? You're like, ah, oh, it's like that coach is with me all the time. It's like, Oh, I need that little reminder. But those little, little accountability touch points to me is where you really form the relationship. Right. And now you, not that it's a reliance, but it feels nice to be accountable to someone else and not just yourself. It feels nice to celebrate some wins and celebrate some high fives or not like that. But if you struggle at the end of the week, now I know how to help you a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like get in the habit of asking the clients, you know, what and how, and then collectively work together to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Even from the coach's perspective as well, um, you know, there are things that you definitely want to hold your client accountable to, to help your coaching, like checking in, whether it's weight or measurements or photos. Sometimes clients like to let those things slip or they don't think they're as important or they don't want to take photos and they don't want to do those check-ins. But as a coach, you have to hold them accountable to that because A, it allows you to collect data from that assessment perspective. That data can help you keep a client compliant or keep their motivation up, Uh, especially when it comes to transformations. There can be a long period of time where maybe there's nothing physical that's happening that you can see from a day-to-day perspective, but you take photos from week one to week six, you actually see that transformation happening. And so the accountability to the data as well from the coach perspective is so key. Um, and not just relying on what your client feels that they need. Yeah. And I think that that's going to go now into our fifth point. And this is where the coaching comes in. So framework number five is just coaching. This is where you're doing your job. You're showing up. You're, 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 you're doing the support. So whether that's the workout, whether that's a, a Zoom call and you're doing it virtually, but this is where you're sitting down and you're playing the game. You're asking them how to do, you know, so if you're, if you're doing a live workout, you're coaching during that. And probably in between sets, you're asking questions, you're getting, get, gathering information. Uh, if it's virtual and you're doing check-ins once a week, same thing. This is where your coaching is coming in. And when I look at coaching, um, the big things I'm looking at for coaching is, is, is calibrating boosters and drainers. So when I, when, when I'm doing my coaching, I'm like, sir, how did things go? I'm looking at wins, losses, and what changes do I need to make for your program next week? Then all I'm doing is looking for boosters, ways to make your week more efficient and better based on the struggles that you gave me. And I'm looking to eliminate some of the zappers or the drainers or crabs, whatever you want to call them, the things that are holding you back. Oh, I still didn't have time. Oh, all the us, us, I didn't, I couldn't, I should have. These are, these are just intel for you. So as the, and this is where the coaching comes into play, where now, now you're saying, cool, here's the plan, the map. It's hard to follow, isn't it? There's some, some adjustments that we need to make. And then as a coach, you can now calibrate week to week, week to week, give them cool resources, adjust the map, re- reset the accountability, and then go at it for another week or two or whatever your, your touch points are. Yes. It's like those uh, mini assessments. You're saying, you know, you assess yeah. as you go along. Because uh, I've seen some people not understand what coaching is or thinking it's, I need to show up and I'm just the one talking and maybe teaching the whole time. But coaching is really asking really good questions and seeing where your clients at and helping them just navigate onto that right path. Again, it's more of a a space to ask really good questions. Um, I mean, in in our mentorship, we, we give some checking questions and some coaching questions that are really great to ask your client because the better questions you ask, the better answers you will get and the better you will be able to guide them. 
And, and I mean, you have to consider too each year. I mean, you're coaching the way you coach is dependent on obviously how you run your business. Uh, it's also going to be kind of dependent on how your clients or what the clients needs. Uh, but in simple terms, it's A to B. Your clients at point A, they need to be point B, coach them to get there. And, and to me, one thing I want to add with the coaching, it's your responsibility to get them to point B. That's what they're paying you for. Add fun to that, please. For the love of humankind, I see this component of coaching to be on the, on the low end of the list. It's so much information, the best programs possible. But when you can make the journey for your client effective and the funnest journey possible, you're not going to have a hard time finding more clients or keeping clients. Simplify things, find ways to make it fun, whether it's, you know, games, draws, whatever you need to do to, to kind of um, make this journey the, 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 the most effective for them, but a journey that's better than their last coach or doing it on their own. Uh, you're not coming down them every week because you didn't follow the meal plan 100%. You failed, failed, failed again. Make this journey as fun as possible for them. And to me, that's a, a, as a coach, be effective, but I don't think enough people stress that it's a fun process to be with. Yes. I mean, if you enjoy the process, it's going to be sustainable. If, if, if the client doesn't enjoy the process, it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. And it's, I think we just get wrapped up and, and it's hard sometimes because you're just, you're just telling them what they're doing wrong and giving them more protocols. And it's so hard to be right. It's so hard to be perfect when it comes to doing these things. And man, talking to so many clients from the last tw two decades, you know, the ones it, it's not the ones who just got the best results in quickest of time. Cause if, if the process wasn't enjoyable for them, unless they were a competitor fighter, stuff like that, um, you know, they don't want to do it. And the more you can make this fun, the easier business is going to be. Yes. Yes. I don't remember the last time I saw that in a marketing copy. <laughs> this, this journey is going to be fun. This journey is going to be fun. Honestly. Yeah. Show me, show me marketing copy with it where people are like, man, this is going to be the funnest journey you're going to be on. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get great results along the way. Yeah. Who, who would say no? Uh, I want to see more of those. I would love to see more of those. All right. You'll have everybody who's listening here <laughs> writing fun in their social media and emails this week. <laughs> Appreciate it. Tag me. Yeah. All right. And we'll wrap up with our sixth one here, which is yeah. community, creating community for your clients. Um, I, I think with the way the world is at now and what's happened in the last two years and people being socially distanced community, whether that is in person or virtual will create uh, a lot of deep connection within your business that I feel a lot of people are looking for uh, and especially like-minded community who are on that same journey as you. And so when bringing community into your business, what are some ideas that people can, uh, can do to create that community? <sighs> That's a loaded question. I wasn't expecting that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to ask you that question because you're the queen of that. Um, well, I mean, setting up frameworks. So whether it's a Facebook group, whether like however you want to uh, enclose the community, I think it's important to create um, some boundaries and guidelines for what the community is for, who it's for, and what you expect out of it. Um, that's the first thing I look at. And just making sure that it's a like-minded group. And I think what, what's challenging, if you have too many people doing too many different things in that community, it's going to be very challenging. Um, do you want to add to that? Because I, I want to talk about something completely different about community. I wasn't even expecting that question at all. Uh, you can finish that question. There's other stuff I want to talk about in terms of community. Yeah, no, I, just looking at, there's different, uh, there's multiple different ways to do community. Like what you said, some online um, groups, and then you can go a layer deeper than that of, is it going to be just for clients? Is it going to be for clients and past clients so that you can keep uh, old clients together? You can have public community 
um, community groups. If you have an in-person business, you can do uh, events for uh, for members, uh, for your community. You can do paid events. You can do free events. Just bringing people together, like-minded, who are all part of your uh, your inner circle, uh, helps keep people stay longer. To me, the importance of the community is what I really want to talk about. And, and, and when someone's part of something, it's hard for them to leave. And so that's that, like you said, like it keeps people in, in your, uh, in your business a lot longer. And maybe if they're not paying you anymore, they might leave and come back, but they're part yes. of that community. Yeah. What I really like about the community as well is that you, you can create a lot of good accountability groups. You can have other people sharing their experiences, which is so helpful. Other people saying, I went through the same thing. Um, we had this awesome analogy that, that there's 360 ways up a mountain. So if you got a mountain and you can walk around that mountain, there's 360 degrees around that mountain. There's so many different ways up the mountain. Everyone has a slightly different experience, a different story, some different wisdom that they can offer as well, a shoulder to lean on. That community is great at a lot of times also saving you a lot of time at work if it's managed very well, where the community can help each other. And that's another huge benefit of the community aspect is just, you know, taking some pressure off you to answer all the questions and be there for everyone is creating community groups so that they can also help each other. You can have, you know, past clients who are doing very well helping new clients as part of that community. Uh, You can create accountability buddies, which I I think everyone should be creating accountability buddies in their business for their clients. Uh, And then they can, you know, you can create frameworks for them that they have to meet once a week or send videos or keep themselves accountable. Um, a lot of our clients in our mastermind, uh, you know, we, they, they, they have their own accountability days on top of our coaching as well, because it's cool to have like-minded people be accountable and, and talking to each other, not just coach, client, coach, client all the time. Um, so it also deepens the relationship where they're not just answering to you, but if they're answering to another community, it's going to be very hard for them to leave and, and, and more reasons to stay because more problems are being solved. Yes. Yep. Love it. Love it. And so do you want to list those out again? The top, the, the six frameworks? You got it. So number one is making sure you're assessing your clients, turning on that GPS and finding out where they are. Once you figure out where they are, you're providing that map or that plan for them to follow, get on the road, start driving, get to their destination. You're going to support them with proper resources that are efficient and easy for them to navigate along the way. You're going to keep them accountable you're going to provide coaching for them to help calibrate and give them some boosters and, and, and you'll take away some, some of those hurdles that they might be going through. And then lastly, creating a community for them of other like-minded people, uh, whether it's accountability buddies or whether it's just a community of people that just chat and get along. Um, those will be the six major frameworks of running a really good coaching business. Wonderful. Yeah. So anybody listening here, uh, you know, do an inventory. Are there any of these that are missing or any of these that need to be spruced up within your business? Um, I think there's always ways that we can integrate better coaching practices. I know there's a lot of training and a lot of talk on marketing and sales and bringing people into your business. But once people are into your business, what is that framework that you're putting them in to keep them longer, to bring more people in, to get better results? Ultimately, that will sustain your business and clients um, a lot more than just marketing and sales. And so I, I, I got to give some some prompts to like the back end conversations and not just always the front end conversations of marketing. Couldn't say that any better. So uh, for those of you out there, implement these. Let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, that's it for today. Awesome. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at Transformation Mentorship. 
And better yet, take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to stories, tag us, and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.